When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It ain't easy now. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview. As we continue to break down everything from the seven NFL draft picks in the 2022 NFL Draft, as well as talk about all the latest breaking news for the Steelers. I guess not breaking news, but just the latest news. Joining me as always, Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? It is great to be here, Jeff, and I'm really disappointed in you because I thought you were ahead of the times and with the times and you're still going shysty when you've got a whole new helmet protector that you should be wearing oh in your gosh non. yes if someone buys me <laughs> <laughs> what are those things called what, what they have a name guardian guardian, like yeah. the guardian, guardian. someone buys me a guardian <laughs> thing i'll gladly put, but i'd have to wear it like tomlin does he flipped it inside out and put it on his head and mike tomlin is a vibe but we're going to talk about that. Dave Schofield, welcome to the show. What's up? Uh, not too much. I'm just – I don't even know what we're talking tonight about tonight. I don't really care. I'm here with you guys. Whatever you bring up, let's do it. We're talking about the inside linebacker position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yeah, well, why right. don't we just start off with that? You know, the reason why we're talking about inside linebackers is because the highlighted rookie, if you want to call it that, is Mark Robinson, seventh round pick out of Ole Miss. We all know the story. We know the background. We know how he used to be a running back. They dropped their scholarships. Another, he went to go to another school. They lost their season due to COVID protocols. Then he ends up walking onto Ole Miss and they take a running back and turn him into a linebacker. And he finds his way all the way 
to being drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quite a quite a story. I mean, I don't want to downplay that story. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, but the inside linebacker position in and of itself is very unique. And included with that is some news from this week. They, the Steelers just wrapped up their three-day minicamp, and Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator, he was openly talking to media members, and he made a very interesting comment. This was translated to us, a secondhand news, news source, from Dale Lolly of DK Pittsburgh Sports, where Dale said, and this came from Austin, the Steelers are considering moving Devin Bush to the other, which is the buck, correct, Dave? He's moving from the Mike to the buck linebacker position. I think that's the way it works. I, I get those two terms mixed up a lot. Is it, is it Mike or is it Mac? Mike, Mac, buck, whatever. <laughs> He's moving to the yeah. Vince Williams role. That's what they're going to mm -hmm. try, essentially. I was kind of surprised. He's not that type of linebacker. He does not have that build. But Dave, I'll ask you first when you saw this because you that kind of slipped through the your through the cracks of your radar. And what did you think about when you heard that? Um, I my first thought was, well, first Jeff was giving me a hard time because it was it was three minutes after his article came out and I hadn't read it yet apparently. Yes. So that was I, I I I really dropped the ball on that one. My daughter was getting braces today. I, I'm sorry that no that excuse. That, you that, have that, a phone. That, that you're not Dave, you're not the orthodontist. You're not putting the braces on. You're sitting <laughs> in a on, waiting Dave. room waiting for hey, You had your I was actually getting out business cards. <laughs> the one lady was talking to me about the Steelers, but um. Honestly, if if Miles Jack and Devin Bush are going to be on the field at the same time, one of them's going to have to take on that role. The, yeah. End of story. Either either they're not, either they're you're what are the Steelers going to completely change their defense and have them and just play two Mac linebackers, or which in essence might be what they're doing. They might just be changing up a little bit what they're asking them to do. But bottom line is it's it's more about your alignment. And then based on that, what, what they're going to do, if to me, if Devin Bush is taking on that role and they say that Brian Flores has been working the most with the inside linebackers so far, I can't remember who I saw that from. Did you, can anyone, any of you guys confirm that? Yes. I know no, someone I can, said I that. I can confirm that. Um, I just don't I remember who it was. Who it was, but it was, that was a report out of minicamp. Yes. So if that's the case, that just tells me that that might be where he's lining up, but I don't think they're going to have him ask him to do the exact same things they have in the past because that's not what the Steelers do. They try to, when they get a player in there, they try to play to their strengths. So they're saying, we think that Devin Bush would be better in that role than Miles Jack, but we're going to kind of adjust things to his strengths. I don't know what to expect uh, from that position this year now, just because they're, they didn't do it exactly the same last year as what they had in years past either. So it, to me, it, it's going to probably be even different than last year and different than what we traditionally see from the Steelers. Brian, I'll ask you the same question. What are your thoughts when you heard about Devin Bush potentially being on the move? Brian Flores, he's now he didn't make these comments. Terrell Austin did. I, I realized that, but he's kind of a wizard and he's good at moving these guys around and playing to strengths. So they obviously see something in him. But I'm ultimately going to give not a Dave answer, but a Jeff answer. Ooh. And this is what I think a Jeff answer is. Heck, I don't is care. It <laughs> Is, is, it, is it a shiesty answer? Let me say my punchline, Dave. Oh, come on. <laughs> you were raking up on me. No, go it. ahead and say it because uh, I didn't hear it. What is the Jeff answer? I've never heard this. Before. Well, I just started it. I no. like heck, I don't care. Just let them tackle somebody and, and win games. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that's a Jeff answer. It's great. It, it literally is. I, I've said it a million times on my Let's Ride podcast. If you're here for X's and O's talk, like that's I'm the wrong guy. I'm that's not me. I, I'm not. That's why I called it Mike, Will, Will, Buck, whatever the two terms are. Who cares? Go make a play. Like that's it. And this is the one thing you know, I, I talked about this with Jerome Betts, Jeremy Betts, uh, <laughs> on my Let's Ride podcast on the beyond on Friday. We don't know what this defense is going to look like. And the last time that Terrell Austin was a defensive coordinator was with Cincinnati. And I don't even think you can go back and glean anything from that. It's a completely different system, completely different players. And then you throw in the Flores and you throw in the Tomlin influence and anyone else's influence that might have a, you know, even a stake in what happens with how the Steelers play on the defensive side of the football. We don't know. So maybe they do move Devin Bush, but maybe Devin Bush, even at that buck position is doing something that is not your typical three, four standard inside linebacker alignment, like Dave mentioned with the alignment aspect of things. So I just thought that was news that we had to bring up. And honestly, it's way early. We're all trying to cling to as many little tidbits as we can. And that was just one of them. But I want to ask you all also about the depth at outside line, inside linebacker. I'm sorry, inside linebacker, because you have Robert Spillane, we kind of know what he is. You have Buddy Johnson. No clue what that kid could be because we didn't see much of him in his rookie year in 2021. You have then these tweeners, we'll call them that, with Miles Killebrew. You have Marcus Allen. Uh, just and, and you can even throw Mark Robinson since he's the guy we're focusing on today. Brian, when you think about this depth at inside linebacker, are you kind of like, eh, it's, it's a lot of bodies, but there's not a lot of players. What's your thoughts? It is a lot of bodies, and I'm I might sound really dumb asking this question, but isn't UG3 still on the team? He is. I just didn't I just forgot. I'm sure I okay. I'm sure I forgot other ones too. I literally don't have a list. I'm just naming. No, I, I don't think there's I think others are are just uh, nameless gray faces at this point trying to become a name. <laughs> um which which they very well could become a name. And let me throw in another guy that could be a possibility. Jannard Avery is kind of Arthur Modish and mm-hmm. Motzish. Sorry, not Modish. Motzish. Is that where... a good thing? Arthur Motzish. Arthur Motz was versatile. He played inside. He played outside, and he played quite well when he was in there. You just didn't really want him starting all the time. And Spillane's kind of that guy too, as far as depth. I think. I think if you have a backup linebacker that's Robert Spillane, I think that is phenomenal. If you have a starting linebacker that's Robert Spillane, you're like, oh, gosh, they need to get stronger there. But as the next guy in or as a third guy in the experimentation that could be the Terrell Austin, Brian Flores defense, well, yeah, that could be pretty spectacular. So I really like that there. Jannard Avery might get some reps there. Marcus Allen, Miles Killebrew, we, we just don't know who they are. But yeah, I, I think that uh, I really think that they're in a position where they don't have to bring another guy in. They just have to make sure they have the right guys in the right spots. And I think they're they're kind of in a good spot with the three that they have. You just don't have a Vince Williams. You don't have a James Ferrier at that position. You don't have that kind of guy at that spot where you might have a Miles Jack or a Devin Bush playing out of position. Dave, do you disagree with anything Brian just said? Um, well, 
he mentioned Vince Williams and, you know, love, love the Vinny Vitivici, but you also have to remember with Vince Williams, he got thrown into to starting what was it, 11 games as a rookie. He wasn't yeah. a full-time starter then until year five. Right. So even if you have a Vince Williams, you have a bunch of potential Vince Williams on this squad. To me, I'm looking at inside linebacker a lot like when we talked last week about the defensive line. They've got a lot of potential, Jeff's favorite word, mm. a lot of players there. A lot of guys you're not even sure who could make the roster. They could contribute to special teams, who's going to come through. But do you really have that one guy that's going to step up and be that guy? Well, right now the Steelers are almost taking it from an approach, like Brian said, about a Vince Williams. That can we give them? Can we give him enough time to then be that guy? Because you just don't know what you have now. If all it takes is one of those guys to emerge this year, and you're going to be in really good shape. We just have no idea who it could be at this time. I'd love to see Buddy Johnson. But we haven't. We don't know what to expect from Buddy Johnson, like Jeff said. So you guys have said a, a, a lot of things that I completely agree with. But that's why I'm trying to bring it all together. And there's a lot of players, and there's going to be players that we think right now could be a possibility that are not going to make the 53 man roster. It could be. It could be a Buddy Johnson or a Mark Robinson or a UG3 or a Marcus Allen or you know, out of all those guys, they can't all make it. So it'll be interesting to see how they play when they get to St. Vincent. All right. I'm going to start with you, Brian. I'm going to ask you a simple question of all the players that we've talked about so far when referring to the inside linebacker position, which one, since you said Arthur Motes ish, I'm going to continue with that thread. Which one is the most Vince Williams ish in your opinion? For some reason, I think it's Jannard Avery, and I don't even know if he's considered an inside linebacker. So if we're going to go there, I got to say Robert Spillane. Okay. Dave, what about you? Same question. Which inside linebacker on the depth chart? And it's tough because, you know, you want to say as someone like Buddy Johnson, we just don't know. Which player is the most Vince Williams-ish, in your opinion? The most Vince Williams-ish. Yes. It's probably right now is what I think would be Spillane, but I think there's some potential to where we could see someone like a buddy Johnson. What are what are your thoughts? We'll go with you, Dave. What are your thoughts about Robert Spillane? Because if you think back to his trajectory in his career, and I'm not talking about his time before Pittsburgh, but last season, I think for all intents and purposes, we thought that he had a good chance to grab that starting role when Vince Williams, in my opinion, still did the team dirty and retired the day before training camp. And it left that spot open. And Spillane, in it, he did not play well in the preseason, and it forced their hand into trading for Joe Schobert. What are your thoughts about Robert Spillane heading into 2022, Dave? Well, you saw a lot from Spillane when he had to fill in. We He will probably always be known for that hit on Derrick Henry. But I think the problem was he that that might it just might be that's all you get. It might not be that he's someone that is that is understanding the game better and is going to suddenly improve. To me, another great example of that was Tyler Medikavich. He was what he was, and he got there quickly, but it's not like he was going to be someone that was then going to grow by leaps and bounds to be something better, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of what you have with a Roberts Blaine. 
Okay, Brian, what are your thoughts on Spillane heading into 2022? Let me give you some names, and they're not Steelers. R.J. Reynolds, Gary Varsho, Lee Lacey. I like that fourth outfielder, Lloyd McClendon. And when I think <laughs> when I think of a guy like Robert Spillane, I think of him as the third inside linebacker or the fourth outfielder, the guy that comes in that is going to start maybe when you need him to start, but not all the time, but he's going to come in as a pinch hitter and be very good for you. So, yeah, I'm talking about 90s Pirates, and I have no problem <laughs> doing that, but it's, it's speaking to me. I get it. I get it. Now, there's another caveat with the inside linebacker discussion that I want to dive into, and that is the fact that the Steelers at times will use safeties in a linebacker role. And this is where those tweeners, the Killebrews, the Allens, will sometimes, and even the Carl Josephs, will get involved and play at some form of inside linebacker. We've heard a lot this offseason, both from KT Smith, especially from Jeffrey Benedict, about how Terrell Edmonds, with the fact that they have DeMonte KZ, we know Minka Fitzpatrick is Minka Fitzpatrick, do you see the safeties impacting the way the Steelers view the inside linebacker position Will they have an impact there, Dave? What do you think? Yeah, it's all in what you're going to do in sub package. I mean, do you want to fill, do you have someone that you feel like you're bringing on an extra linebacker or do you feel like you're bringing on an extra safety? And with some of these guys, I don't think the, the position designation, sorry, position designation there. I got it out next to their name on the roster means anything to them. They're a guy that can do this. And when they want this kind of guy that does that, this, they want to put this guy in there to do that. If that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> this, that, this, that, if that yes. makes sense. There you go. Brian, what are your thoughts about the safety somehow impacting the inside linebacker position? I think it's going to happen a lot. I think when you have a team and some players that have some versatility to them, you're going to move them down like they have, and you mentioned Terrell Edmonds. I'm going to give you a guy that's, you know, yes, he's not on the team. He's a Hall of Famer, but his last season, Troy Polamalu, was very much an inside linebacker a good bit of the time. He was he was playing a lot. Sure, he was a, strong, he was a safety, but they were moving him up a good bit into that role, and if you have a guy that can do it, they're going to go ahead and uh, they're not going to leave anybody on the bench. If, if you can go ahead and put a guy in that can do the job just for that day, they're going to do it. All right. This is not something I was going to talk about. We're talking about inside linebackers. It got brought up in the live chat. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's talk about this because this actually came into my head last week when the Steelers finished up their phase three, which I guess mandatory minicamp is still a part of an extension <laughs> of phase three, but it was their OTA workouts and not their mandatory. Min- There's still the optional part. We'll put it that way. And they had the the um, they had some former players show up, and Mel Blunt. You could pick Mel Blunt out of I swear. You could give a hundred thousand people and say find Mel Blunt, and it'd be so easy. Cowboy hat. He's a giant. There he is, right there. Uh, Mel Blunt was there. There were a bunch of other former players, but there was one also that was a pretty current former player that I saw. It was good to see him, and it's yep. one inside linebacker Ryan, Ryan Shazier. And several people have brought his name up in the live chat. I hate to play the what if game, but I'm going to ask it anyways. If Ryan Shazier didn't get hurt in 2017, 
how would that have completely altered the Steelers from that point on when it came to some of the decisions that were forced to be made since then? Brian, what are your think? What do you think about that? Well, there's a lot of dominoes that would have fell. We're talking about a great tight end that they picked up last year in Pat Fryermuth, and no, no Fryermuth. There's, there's no Pat Fryermuth because no offense, no offense. Who would have put a bit of that's exactly my answer, Brian. You're spot on. <laughs> exactly right. You know, like you know, you go back and maybe they, and then maybe they have Creed Humphrey at center. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you you definitely might. Um, one play, it's it's like anything. Like you can go back in time. You could Marty McFly it, and one little thing can throw off history. I what do they call it? The butterfly effect. Yeah. But but you really can because one different draft pick. If, if one if a different team takes Dan Marino, you can take the list of Super Bowl winners from 1983 to 2021, and it's probably it could be all different. You know, it, it really one guy could could possibly shake up everything in history if they're on a different team. So if Ryan Shazier is on this team, this team looks a whole lot different. I'm not so certain that we would not be talking about the great Super Bowl team of 2017 if Ryan Shazier plays. Now, I, I know that could be a reach, but I was listening to Let's Ride the other day. Man, he really, I mean, you were talking about the Jacksonville game, Jeff, of 17 in the playoffs. That's a completely different story. Uh, yeah. They're they're a higher seed. They might even be the number two seed, the number one seed that year. If Ryan Shazier plays, everything's different on that defense, and everything's different with this team. Heck, you still might be talking about an aging Le'Veon Bell on this team. You know, you might be talking about an Antonio Brown, how he freaked out as a Steeler. You know, there's so many things that could have happened. And so many things that happened because they had to uh, revamp after that 2017 season and they had to go in a different direction. And because of that, yes, they moved up to number 10 to get Devin Bush. Dave, your turn. Go oh, ahead. yeah. I mean, they don't move up to draft Bush. They probably end up with Fan. But then the question is who else do they get in the second round when they gave up that second round pick? Who else do they get in the third round the following year? Right, because wasn't a third round pick the next year that they yes. that they lost. Um, so you add those things in into there. You don't have to to draft a Devin Bush. Then you're not, you know. Then you don't know where you're drafting and all those other ones. Um, maybe they take an offensive lineman and something happens and and they miss a block and Ben Roethlisberger gets knocked out for his career. You know, you could go back to Louisiana Tech in the late '60s. And if and if Phil Robertson doesn't decide that he'd rather duck hunt than play football, then Terry Bradshaw doesn't get taken number one overall by the Steelers in 1970. And who knows how different the franchise is? You just don't know. There's there's so many what if stories, but you could drive yourself crazy with that. But that Ryan Shazier one, I think that's one, especially because it was something that happened in in what I call the the information age. Um, where you know, with Twitter and, and social media and everything else, that's one that I think a lot of people will continue to ask. Oh man, what if this with Ryan Shazier? I think it's always going to be a question. And you know, the, the Steelers could have been way better, or they or they could have had different draft picks and completely blown them and never and and Mike Tomlin might not have his you know 500 season 
record intact. It, it's 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 well, it, it'll it, drive you mad. It happened so recent too. I mean, this isn't yeah. 1970. Yeah, you're right about the 1970 with Bradshaw. That's not incorrect. But and this this was 2017. I mean, that wasn't that yeah. long ago. And the ripple effect is still very real with the Steelers. And yeah, yeah. you do have to ask yourself in 2017. I mean, my gosh, they. They got uh geez, they 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 got Sean Spence. Didn't they get him off the couch and use yep, him at inside yep. linebacker? I mean, it, they were grasping for straws at that point. And yeah, Dave. Well, the other thing is who's not on the team because then you know Shazier was going into his fifth year option. If he gets that deal, then that changes things with the salary cap, which yep. Jeff still thinks doesn't exist. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, 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 no. <laughs> um, the change might have to change moves the Steelers make. But then again, yeah, then you're not, you're not, you're you're paying a 20th overall draft pick rather than a 10th overall draft pick. There's there's a lot that could change there. Yeah, Brian, anything to add to that? No, it's just the ultimate butterfly effect. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it's that's Shay's ear. But yeah, wouldn't we I, love to see it? To, wouldn't that? Yeah. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a a, a a great variant? To I don't know if you guys ever watched the Loki show. I know Jeff didn't, but if Brian ever. Wouldn't that be a great variant timeline to 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 watch? Oh, I'd love of, to know Ryan Shazier still playing. I, yeah, I would. Well, it was an, it was an injury too. It wasn't yeah. a decision. It was an injury. Yeah. So this wasn't a, let's go back in 2004. And what if Cleveland doesn't take Kellen Winslow Jr.? They take Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. That was a decision. Like they made the wrong choice. Yeah. This was something completely different. So it, it's a shame. I just wanted to bring that up because it was great to see Ryan Shazier back in Pittsburgh at the UPMC Rooney sports complex. You can always tell that he has a great rapport with the organization and with Mike Tomlin. And um, I I really kind of got sad when they interviewed him and it was brief and they asked him about Stefan to retiring. And I was like, man, they were the same draft. Yeah, (laughs) I know it really does kind of, that's a what if draft. It really is. Goodness Mm. gracious. But okay. I don't want to spend too much time on that. It's kind of sad. So still let's, let's go to some news that happened during mini camp. Um, I'm not going to talk on everything. If you want to hear the everything that I feel like was important to talk about that you might not have heard about, uh, listen to my Let's Ride podcast Friday morning on the audio side. I that's I spent the entire first half on that. Uh, but I want to ask you all. Everyone made a big deal, and they've been making a big deal all off season about this, especially since OTA started the quarterback rotation. Now Matt Canada spoke with the media for the first time, and he said we have been told. In other words, Mike Tomlin told them that the order is. Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, and then if there's any snaps left, Chris Oladokun. I did not expect anything different. There were some fans on social media that did. They were kind of upset. Brian, when you heard that, what were your thoughts? That's exactly what I thought was going to happen, too, because you still give that respect to that veteran that is Mason Rudolph that is still here. You give him that respect. And the way they're set up by picking up a guy like Trubisky, and even though they drafted a number one pick in Kenny Pickett, you still have, you still want to follow through and see what you have in the free agent pickup and see what you have in the veteran. And you know that Pickett's going to get his chances, but you're not making a decision on Pickett. You're making more of a decision on a Trubisky and a Rudolph. Dave, what about you when you saw the rotation? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't have been shocked if it would have been Rudolph Trubisky 
than Pickett. That just because of being with the team last year, not because he's he's the guy that they think will be the guy. And I, honestly, I think people would would have made less of a deal about it if it was Rudolph, because I think they would have been like, oh, they're just going in based on you know, f- familiarity, but you know, Rudolph gets, gets Mitch slapped and he's back to number two and, and sorry, I couldn't help it. And I'm really not shocked by it at all. And ben Roethlisberger was, was third as a rookie. Ben Roethlisberger was that third guy. Yeah. I mean, and, it, and not, not in, not to start. Cause you know, that was back when rookies didn't sign their deals right. because that was pre pre 2011 CBA, which changed everything. So, but that even, even if, if it would have been the same thing, that was going to be where Roethlisberger was. I don't know why people were all up in arms if they expected anything different. Bisky business, baby. Bisky yeah. business. All right. Um, I, I could go through a, a myriad of topics here, but I want to ask you all just an open-ended question. We've all seen the recaps. Dave did his players mentioned article. I've been, Dave and I have been putting as many videos, quotes, et cetera, in our Slack channel. So, Brian, is there anything in particular, and it can be more than one if you want, that stood out to you after the three days of minicamp that you're like, wow, that was kind of interesting, or wow, I didn't expect that. Anything come to mind? Absolutely not. It just, what really comes to mind is the fact that it's business as usual. There's nothing really going on but a team preparing and a team gelling. So if I'm going to say anything that I noticed is the camaraderie and especially between the tight ends and Fryermuth and Zach Gentry, there was a lot of camaraderie there and you can hear all about that tomorrow. And here we go. The Steelers show, as we talk about best friends, growth trends and tight ends. So check that out. But I just love how this team is gelling. It seems very kumbaya right now. And when we're talking about kumbaya, you could talk about Mason Rudolph helping out Kenny Pickett a guy that might usher him off of this team, but a guy that has no problem helping him out. Well, how about Mitch Trubisky said in his media session, he's going to head down to Florida after minicamp and he'll stay there until training camp starts. Guess who's going to be joining him for at least a part of that six weeks. Kenny Pickett. I, that's a huge team move for me. Like if you're going to sit there and it's one thing to help the rookie when he's there with you, but you're going to invite that guy down to Florida and help him out. That's a great A dude. If you ask me, Dave, what are your thoughts about minicamp? I know you've been paying attention. Like I have, is there anything that stood out to you one way or the other? Well, I'll be honest with you. What stood out to me more than anything came in your Monday morning conversation on let's ride with Alan Saunders and Mm -hmm. him talking about Kenny Pickett and just that you could when you're out there, you can just see that he doesn't have the arm that the other two guys have. Yeah. And that he can't make, he's not make, he's not right now going to be able to make the throws that the other guys can. And it just kind of put it into perspective exactly what we thought about, you know, the quarterbacks coming into the draft and everything else and, and where he is in, as that, you know, instead he's, you know, maybe it's the, it's the moxie as they were talking about on, uh, on, on, uh, what Ian's talking about. Maybe that's the factor that, 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 that Kenny Pickett brings more than anything. But I, if you didn't listen to that with, with Jeff's Monday morning conversation on Let's Ride this week, make sure you go back and, and check that out. Cause I, I found that really intriguing. And then I was just trying to kind of pay attention to things as you went. Other, other than that, it's just, it's, 
you, what we're hearing, what they want us to hear. Um, you can't really determine anything in the trenches because they're out there with football and shorts. But the biggest thing that my biggest takeaway out of everything is that there was no news of someone going down with an injury, which is what I wanted to avoid more than anything. For sure. For sure. And, and people showed up. There was no, no shows, you know, Deontay Johnson showed up. We knew Minka was going to be there. He's been there every single phase of OTA so far, so I knew he was going to show up, even though he's not – everyone said that this is like breaking news as of Thursday. He's, he didn't do any team drills. He didn't do any 11-on-11. 11 11. So maybe, just maybe, the guy found a, an equation that he felt would work that was created by one Trent Jordan Watt last year. You know what? You don't miss a day. You don't miss anything. You show up for everything, and you just say, I'm not going to put myself at risk. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be loyal to the team. We want to get a deal done, and once that deal's done, you got me. You got every piece of me. And there are still fans on social media they are saying, oh, but is he going to be ready? Are you kidding me? Did you not learn anything from TJ Watt? Because in my opinion, Minka Fitzpatrick, from a skill standpoint at his position, is equal almost to a TJ Watt. He does not need to be out there as much as everyone else. And so I think he will be just fine. And there are some positive reports. I guess this is a news thing as well. There's some positive reports out there now that uh, the two sides, meaning the Steelers and Minka Fitzpatrick, are pretty close and that, that they're they're not too far off. So let's hope it doesn't take a, a TJ Watt move of kicking his agents out of the room and saying, let's sign the deal and let's get it done. Let's hope it doesn't go there. But it's, this is not going to happen now. It's not going to happen in training camp. It'll probably be right for the season, just like they did with Watt, and it'll be fine. People need to relax. Okay. Who has trivia tonight? Anyone? Both of you? Oh, yeah, I definitely do. All righty. Uh, let's do Brian first. Brian, you yep. ready? Yes, I am. So I already previewed tomorrow's show. Here we go, the Steelers show, with Kevin T. Smith and myself. And we're talking about tight ends, and we're talking about – how possibly Pat Fryermuth could be the next Heath Miller, or whether he needs to be the next Heath Miller, or should he be the next Pat Fryermuth? And Fryermuth right now, believe it or not, ranks 11th all time in catches for Steelers tight ends. He's tied at number 11 with Mike Malarkey at 60. We know who number one is. We've already mentioned him. Heath Miller with 592. Could you fellas name the next five after Heath Miller. Eric Green. Number three. Okay. Uh, Heath Miller. He's the one from the 70s. Uh, he was always for the Hulk crud. No, this is all time ever, right? All time for the Steelers. So this isn't like pre- this there's some there's some old ones. Let, oh. let me let me preface this with this is guys listed listed as a tight end, a TE in pro football reference. Uh okay. So because... it's more it's more current. Okay, because you've get who was the one that was that was like back in the oh my goodness, what was it in the 40s and 50s was like a pro bowler for the Steelers? Jack but it was no, I'm thinking what's um uh, no um LB Nickel. Okay. Is another one. So you're you're not talking because he was listed as an end and a defensive end. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's yeah. go okay. in the last fifty since the okay. uh, super merger. Super okay. Lawyer. So you He's know, Mar there's is 
Well, go, go, Dave. If you're well, you've, you, know, you got to go from the seventies. You got to go with um, with uh, Cunningham. Benny Cunningham is number two. Okay. Is Bruner on the list? Bruner is number four. So there you go. It's, it's, it's real. It's really funny. One, two, three, and four, all first rounders. Hmm. Is so, <sighs> you said Fire Fryermuth with sixty catches was where? Tied for eleventh. Jeez. You said Bruner, Bruner was where? Bruner's number four, so we're looking for five and six. 120 catches for Jesse James at number five. Nice. Eric Green? I already said him. Yeah. He's number three with 198. Okay, you said that. It's Uh, it. um, Grossman's not up there, is he, right? (laughs) Randy Grossman's number six at 119. So good job, Okay, so there's one more. We got them all. You got all six. Oh, you got them all? Okay. So. Heath Miller, 592. Benny Cunningham, 202. Eric Green, 198. Mark Bruner, 137. Jesse James, 120. Randy Grossman, 119. The Vanimal, Vance McDonald, 117. Preston Carpenter, 115. John Hilton, 108. Eric Ebron, 68. Pat Fryermuth and Mike Malarkey, 60. So he, he only needs eight catches to pass Ebron. Yeah. Man. Good, Dave. You gonna say something? No, no. Oh. I'm just, I'm just thinking. They really don't use the tight end a lot. <laughs> well, no. I mean, look how close he came to Heath Miller's all-time record. You know, eight touchdowns in a season. I remember that seven, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. And you look some... at those, you look at those numbers, and you're thinking, man, that's not a lot of catches. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty high on that list. <laughs> and something very interesting. I got to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> band, we got to throw them out there. It gives us all our great music. Yep. Add one more catch to Jesse James. Yeah. Okay. Jesse yes. James it doesn't ball. change anything. Now he's 121 instead of one. Yeah. <laughs> and very interesting. Heath Miller had six as a rookie, six touchdowns as a rookie. And so that means even though, Pat Fryermuth did not beat his all-time record of eight in a season. He broke his rookie record with seven. There you go. Yeah. Dave, what's your trivia? All right. Well, my trivia is a little bit different. I just, I was just curious about something, so I looked it up. Um, I have some good questions and I have some bad questions. You know, good questions are ones that are good for Jeff, and bad questions are they're more up the alley of bad. Um, dumb and bad questions. <laughs> no, I'm going to call them good and bad <laughs> questions. I'm going to. I'm not going to insult uh, my 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 fellow podcaster here. Anyway, I think Jeff might know this one. Oh boy, what NFL quarterback has thrown for the most yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers? In all their, time in their, in career, their career, doesn't matter out of what all quarterbacks that have while playing the Steelers, right. who has thrown for the most yards? So, but is it all with one team or is it, have they bounced around? I think it might be with one. I'm gonna say Joe team. Flacco because you are correct, it is Joe Flacco. Yeah, you, you kind of need that, to go in the division there, yeah. Yeah. You, when you, when you, when you hesitated, when you hesitated, you're like, did he? Yeah. Uh, you're thinking, well, I was going to have to check the Steelers in the when yeah. he's the New York Jets or yeah, any of that. Um, some people in the in the live chat said Tom Brady. Tom Brady's fourth, fourth, and in almost and and in much fewer games because Joe Flacco was 21 games. Tom Brady right. is only 12 games. So any idea? Any idea who the other two who the two are in between? Flacco and Brady. 
I'm going to take. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm going to okay. say Steve McNair. Steve mm. McNair yeah. is actually 11th in wow. 16 games. You said Carson Palmer. Palmer. He is ninth in 14 ah. games. Well, first of all, the one that you're missing, the one of the, one of the two that you're missing, is because he's tied for the most games ever played as a quarterback against the Steelers. But it's uh, let's just say this, Jeff. I don't think you were born yet. Yeah, Kenny Anderson. That's Ken. And- Ken Anderson is number three. Former Steelers quarterback coach. And and number two is actually number one in our hearts because he was number one. Warren Moon? Warren Moon. Wow. Yes. But now I, now I have the bad question. Here's All the right. bad question. I'll see you all later. Take it easy. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this was real. I started looking at who's thrown the most. Touchdowns against the Steelers. That's Tom Brady. It's actually he's, he's tied with Charlie Connerly. From 1948 to 1961 for the Giants. Then I looked at who's throwing the most interceptions against the Steelers. Um, and the most interceptions against the Steelers, that one is Mr. Moon. But I decided to look at pick sixes. Mm. And there's a tie for two players who have thrown the most pick sixes against the Steelers. Of Obviously, we just for those of you out there, I know you guys know this, meaning it was an interception return for a touchdown. touchdown There's two of them. I'm going to give you one. The one is Carson Palmer. He's thrown four. He's going to be my guess. The other, that was Jeff's answer. So now Brian's got to come up with the other one. But here's what's interesting about the other one. The other person who has thrown Four pick sixes against the Steelers did so while never starting a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Never starting a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you need a hint, I'll give you a hint of the four players who who had the pick sixes if you decide you want that hint. AJ McCarron, um, <laughs> go ahead, give me the players. Here's the hint. Here are the four players who intercepted the the. I have a guess, but I want to hear the players. Ron Johnson, uh, never mind. Harvey Clayton, Dwayne Woodruff, and Donnie Shell. Wrong era. I don't know. <laughs> Dan Pastorini. No, he started against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I have no idea. This is he's a bat. He came in as a backup each time. Yep, and threw four picks. In. Come on, Brian, you should know in this. two games <laughs> in back-to-back seasons. Only two games, four pick sixes. Jim Plunkett. The answer would be one. I'm, I'm going to say it wrong. I got. I can't read my own handwriting, so I got to bring it there. Turk. Schonert. Turk Schonert of the Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Number 15. Turk and then and right. in two games through four pick sixes. Beware one in the 1983 Turk. and <laughs> yeah. one in 1984. You know, that's a great football name, Turk Schonert. Beware the Turk. <laughs> when, wow. I, when I was looking at this stuff and I saw that, and I'm like, wait a second. And he, he threw seven interceptions against the Steelers. Four of them were pick sixes, but it, but it, it's crazy because he one touchdown, seven interceptions in in ten total games. But this, but it, from eighty three to eighty nine, 
Um, because he was with Cincinnati one year, he was with someone else. I can't remember, but he didn't play the Steelers that year. It was an NFC team. Um, but but yeah, uh in that many games, but the but the the four pick sixes came in two games. Wow, that that's another level. That's that's absolutely yeah. awesome. I would love to say that I would have known Turk Schonert, but I could have been here. We could have gone nonstop till next Thursday. I would have not gotten Turk Schonert. Yeah, my guess if you would have said someone like William Gay, I would have immediately said Ryan Fitzpatrick, thinking that it was him because he played with all those teams against the Steelers for all those years. But all right, here uh, we had a we have, we have super, super chat, chat. nine ninety nine. Tanya McBride gives us thank you for the tip. By the way, appreciate it. Uh, they write, I have a trivia question in the last 10 years. How many of those years do you think the Steelers swept at least one AFC North team in the last 10 years? So for instance, last season, the Steelers actually swept two, the Browns and the Ravens. They've actually swept swept the Ravens Ravens the year before. So let's try to figure this out. And Tanya, the year before that 2019, didn't they still 2019 is the last time the Ravens beat the uh, last time the Ravens beat the Steelers. But it was that was the Ben Roethlisberger-less. Correct. That was they beat the Bengals both of those. I know they didn't beat the Browns both of them or the they beat the Bengals. They came back in the one duck game. So I'm actually going to say yesterday. You know, I'm thinking it's ten. I'm going to say all ten. I'm thinking Uh, it's going to be ten as well. I hope. Tanya's in the live chat to let us know. There's a lot we, of people guessing. We got to look for Tanya. I'm looking for Tanya. I'm going to say there's one year that maybe they didn't. So I'm going to go with nine. Mm-hmm. That's just my guess. It's probably but, safe. But yeah. I'm just thinking, I mean, look. Great question. I mean, look, you, you had the Browns back-to-back years only winning one game. and That wasn't against the Steelers. So, you know, it wasn't those years. And then between the Browns and the Bengals, they just, one of them was not good in there. Oh, Tanya says it's 10. The answer is, is 10. 10. There you so, go. yeah. The closest, the 2019 was the one I wasn't sure about. Tony, you could write us a trivia question yeah. anytime. Yeah. And you don't have to pay for it. You can send us on Twitter or something. <laughs> we do appreciate the tip, though. We, appreciate we do appreciate it, the tip. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people ask where the money goes. The money goes back into the system. We'll put it that way. Like, we just ordered, I think, four of our podcasters new microphones, um, PFF. <laughs> accounts yes brian is showing his microphone you see mine you see dave's um the pff accounts what are the, some of the Streamyard account which allows us yeah. to stream live on youtube it gets paid by that money so if you're wondering like what happens to the money there you go all right let's do some final thoughts here brian you're up go ahead all right i want to talk celebrity birthdays today and you know we already talked about marty mcfly happy 60th birthday to michael j fox johnny depp who's been in the news a lot is 58 today. Natalie Portman is 40. Zolo Maraduena, if you don't know who that is, he's on my favorite show. He's 20. He's on Cobra Kai. So those are some pretty big names with birthdays today. Another birthday is a man that uh, we all know here at BTSC, you know, by Blue Check Beck. So happy birthday to Blue Check. But of all those people that I mentioned, as uh, as big names as they are, I want to bring up another birthday. And it is the most important woman in my world. And it's my wife, Jennifer. Jennifer turns, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, be safe and not give you her age. But she doesn't, <laughs> she does not look 46. I will tell you that. Oh, but, he did it. He but did it. The, one no! thing, the one thing that I will say is, yeah, I joke all the time about the starter wife and for 16 years, actually 15 years of marriage, but 16 years of knowing her, this woman has made me a father. 
she has taken a guy that has felt like an outcast his entire life and made him feel like the most important person in the world. So happy birthday. I love you for lots and lots of evers to my favorite person in the world, Jennifer Louise Phillips Davis. Thank you for loving me. Happy birthday, That's Jenny. Today? Today. Today. Okay. Today. Happy, excellent. Today. Happy birthday. All right, Dave. Follow it up. Well, if we're going to talk birthdays, we're going to talk wives. And man, Brian, what's happening is our wives have the perfect bookend of the horrible part of the NFL season. Oh, yeah. Because your wife's birthday is today, the last day of Steelers mandatory minicamp. When my wife's birthday is on July 26th, when the Steelers will be reporting to St. Vincent College in Latrobe. So I can't wait for my wife's birthday because I am ready to get this part of the season past us. I mean, I don't want to, to wish away my entire summer. We don't want to do that. We're going to enjoy this time. I mean, Jeff is like, he's like summer break. Woohoo. Um, so we don't want to wish it all away, but I really like love. Oh, I don't even know why I said like, I, I love the Pittsburgh Steelers and watching them play football. I do. And we're about ready to hit the time where we're not going to have anything happening. So as I, I'm looking forward to that. So enjoy yourself during this time. Enjoy yourself during these six weeks until the Steelers come back. You know, go go on vacation like, like things going on. Don't go away from behind the steel curtain because we're still going to be here with every podcast, every article, everything that we do. Otherwise, we're still going to, going to be coming at you because all we're going to be doing is what we feel like we've continued to do. And that is we are building the anticipation for the season. I am so excited about this season because even where the Steelers have question marks about things going into the season, I look at that and I'm like, but is it worse than last year? You know, you look at the defensive line. Is it worse than last year? You look at the inside linebacker. Oh, there's questions there. But is it worse than last year? So if you're talking about improving things and how things were last year, I'm really excited to see what's going to bring in 2022. Well said. I want to do a really quick shout out uh, here. So this person uh, is one of my ride or die crew. That's one of my loyal listeners on um, my Let's Ride podcast. Cheeseball 10. Yeah, I saw this. He tagged uh, Dave. I think he tagged Brian as well. Uh, it was in his senior yearbook. There was the top listen podcast of that class and behind the steel curtain was one of them. And he sent that to us. And I said, Oh, what's the school? We'll give you a shout out. I gave him a shout out of my heart to heart on my Friday. Let's ride. But to all those kids at FD Roosevelt high school in Hyde park, New York, the class of 2022, congratulations on your graduation and so. we will always be in, engraved in your yearbook <laughs> yeah yes somewhere 50 years down the road someone's gonna say what the hell is behind the steel curtain well, <laughs> we were here at that time so there you go all right dave why don't you go ahead and send us out hey we'll see you next week for another sealers preview take it easy. when i know that it can never really be the same how Keep looking backward I'm just